Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. say it with me. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Come on, mean it. I will rejoice. One more time. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. And we are glad that you are here today. We had an incredible first service, and uh, but that does nothing for you. So this is our time in, in this service. Amen. Hey, look around you how full we are this morning. Isn't that awesome? I love that people go to church. It's just the Bible thing to do. Amen? Well, you have created a problem, you people coming to church. So we have our three morning services, and uh, not only do we have what happens in here, we have a parking lot, as you've already navigated through, and then also we have our next-gen area, all our children's and youth areas, and uh, in particular, this service gets very, very, very full. And so I'm going to boldly ask some of you to move to our 12 o'clock service. And uh, you say, well, I love this service. Well, that's what sacrifice is. Sacrifice is giving, some, giving up something that you love, get ready for this, for something you love more. And the thing that you would love more, I think, is for people because the typical service, the target service that newcomers and unbelievers would come to is this service. And to make room for them to be able to come in, would you please think and pray about it? Now, not everybody do that because then we've got another problem, Okay. <laughs> And uh, so I trust God, as always, to direct the traffic, but I really need some of you that, that love uh, people coming to know Jesus, wanting to make room for them. I need some of you to, to move to our noon service, and we're continuing to navigate how to handle growth. I think growth is a good thing, and we want to do it in the right way, and I believe that God will help us, and, and we're just thankful that he has entrusted us uh, to be able to minister to, to so many people today. Amen. All right, so you think and pray about that. You don't have to let me know. Just make your move, and uh, God will bless you for it. And then uh, Alicia and I will take you to lunch. And so it's a, I made up that last part. All right. Hey, um, something kind of exciting. Uh, Cody Quistad, who's part of our worship team, part of our church, Cody is in a, uh, uh, a metal band, Christian metal band called Wage War, and they just released an album called Dead Weight. And uh, that's Cody on the screen. You'll recognize Cody, an incredible uh, guitar player and singer. Um, their new album peaked at number three on all of iTunes. Wait, 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 wait. Passing, passing artists like Jay-Z, Bruno Mars, Imagine Dragons. And so that's our Cody. Yeah. And then Joy Vaughn, you'll recognize Joy Vaughn here as part of our worship team, also our Spanish ministry director. 
Uh, this last week was nominated for, an, uh, for a Dove Award. Uh, he just released an album, and he's nominated for his song, Genera- Generation de Fuego. I think I said it right. Just kind of rolled off my tongue. And uh, in the category of Spanish language recorded song of the year, uh, Joy Vaughn's been nominated for a Dove Award. So how, how about that? <laughs> And on our upcoming uh, first Wednesday, uh, he's going to uh, minister that song to us on that night. And then also, just humbly, I've been nominated for two Emmys and a, and a Grammy. No, I didn't. I didn't. Not, not really. I made up that part, too. So. Hey, as Pastor Nick shared, next Sunday is the 28th anniversary of Meadowbrook Church, and we are rejoicing in that. Amen. Um, we are um, amazed at all that God has done, and uh, we're so thankful for the faithfulness of God uh, through 28 years and just the privilege to, to do this. And we still got a lot of years left in us, so let's, let's do this thing. Now, we are not the type that every, every milestone, we're going to build a tabernacle and celebrate us. We're going to kind of mark it and mention it and go on with what God has called us to do next week. But we do have a couple of special elements of the service beyond. We try to make every service special, honestly. So, uh, but you'll want to come and be with us to celebrate uh, what God has done. And then let's, let's keep on moving. Now, I have a message next week when we were on vacation just recently um, I passed a person, we were out in Denver, and I passed a person that had this shirt on, and what their shirt said got stuck in my heart, my mind, and I believe God used it to birth the message for next week, and the message will be called Human Kind, Human-Kind. Then we were at a breakfast restaurant one morning, and there's a little church sitting on the corner there, and on their marquee uh, had a little statement, and this will be the subtitle of the message for next week. And it said this, celebrating the separation of church and hate. I love it. I love it. So you will want to be here for that. It's an important, important message. Now, I, um, I seek God with all my heart as to what he would have me share each Sunday as we come together. And um, I believe that he's faithful to do that. And I really resist the idea of... Uh, politics and news events and so forth, hijacking a message. Um, and I, I rarely feel like I need a comment on everything going on in the world. I believe that our job is to show the way, um, despite everything else going on in the world. But I believe with some things that have just happened recently, in particular yesterday, at Charlottesville and, and so forth. And plus, it will tie in with this morning's message already prepared and next week's message, which is already uh, on the way that um, I just feel as a pastor, as a preacher of righteousness, that, that I want to say something um, to us, to the family of Meadowbrook Church, and as far as this would go. Um, first of all, let me say, quote this from Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Some of you will know who he was. And he resisted Nazism and uh, ended up you know, losing his life over that. But he said this, theologian, pastor, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And so I think we need to both speak and act. And so what I want to say this morning is this, that we must honor the, what is called the Imago Dei, the image of God. Every person is created in the likeness and the image of God. 
any idea, any idea of one race having supremacy or being superior to another is error, false, evil. And it assaults, insults, and affronts God's plan of redemption. That Jesus came and died for all mankind, paying the same price for all mankind. Amen. Now, you cannot denounce and renounce what you don't name. And so I pray that our leaders would have the courage to name what things are so it can be directly dealt with. There is no white supremacy. There's no other supremacy. There's a Jesus supremacy. There are people made in the likeness and image of God. I am very, very proud that Meadowbrook Church, in a wholly proud way, that Meadowbrook Church is a multicultural, multi-generational church. That's the way heaven's going to be. Amen? So, if anybody's going to walk in love, we're going to walk in love. You must seek, anybody that you seek to influence, you must first honor. And so, honor the image of God in people, even people you disagree with. And let the people of God, we are called, as we'll see this morning, we're called to peace. We're called to walk in love. You know, the way my family was raised, generations before me, there were some things that I just had to say, not me. I will not walk this way. I will not talk this way. I will not act this way. Free yourself of error. Free yourself of what is actually evil. And walk in the light. Walk in the love of God. And may the people of God, and especially may the people of Meadowbrook Church, let's show the way. Let's walk in love. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. All right. Let's all stand. Let's stand together. And we're going to pray and get into the word this morning. I'm excited. Let's lift our hands to the Lord today. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, creator, redeemer, for your love for us. I ask, first of all, just for your mercy on on us. And God, help us to have the right thoughts and the right heart, not just towards you, not just toward ourselves, but toward all of those created in the likeness and image of God, which is every other breathing person. Help us to walk in love. Forgive us where we haven't. I pray that you'd help our nation, help our leaders. And God, let your glory and let your love shine and be spread across our land. May it begin with us. We commit ourselves to it today. I pray now that in this time, as we share together in your word, may something holy and lasting happen for every one of us today. Help me and anoint me to deliver your word in the right way. And I pray that when everything is said and done today, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you would be pleased, that you would be honored, and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen Amen. and amen. Help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. Glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're going to wrap up our series on gains today. Everybody say gains. Gains has to do with gaining strength and becoming more and more fit and, uh, you know, healthy and so forth and keeping that. And we want to make gains in certain areas of our life. And so we've, we've, today will be the fifth and final week on this series. So we've looked at making gains spiritually, making gains emotionally, uh, financially, and then last week physically. Y'all mad at me? 
uh, I have to tell you this. My dentist uh, actually is part of Meadowbrook, comes to the church, and I had my checkup this week. And so the hygienist did, you know, all the cleaning and so forth. And then the dentist always comes in. Well, he comes in and puts his hands on his hips and gets close to me. He goes, come on, pastor, you're killing me. So in reference to last week's message. But uh, actually the message is to help, help you. So spiritually, emotionally, financially, physically, and today we're going to look at relationally, relationally being healthy and fit. And this is, boy, a a prime topic and and a timely topic. If you'll remember, we've talked about numerous times, you as a person, spirit, soul, body, you have what could be referred to as power cells, and so like batteries. And they do this, you ready? They auto-drain, but they do not auto-refill. So you have to be very intentional to refill certain areas of your life. So don't you wish your your phone would do that? You know, it drains, and uh, I wish... You know, you put a man on the moon and we can't get a phone that'll charge itself. But um, the four power cells are so closely related to what we're sharing in gains, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and relationally. And then you know the toll and the impact of finances being right or wrong. And so these are areas of our life that we must, they auto-drain and we must be very intentional to make sure that we auto-refill. And in particular today, the whole idea of doing that relationally. So... At the very beginning of the Bible, we read, God said, it is not good that man would be alone. It is not good to be alone. Um, we read in the, throughout Scripture, Proverbs in particular, Ecclesiastes in particular, Matthew in particular, uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, that it is unwise and dangerous to be alone. It is unwise and dangerous to be isolated. We all have this basic built-in need to belong. Everybody say belong. Um, And we get a false sense of that from social media. Uh, Facebook, and I'm following so-and-so, and and -and so-and-so's following me. And guess who liked my post? And and we get this false sense. Do you know how many friends I have on on Facebook? And I just unfriended so-and-so. And so we get this false sense of connection in that, in that way. Um, about two years or so ago, and my interaction with Facebook and so forth is I post things. I pretty much post and then I go, okay? And I posted um, something, and it was early in the morning. I posted it, and people started, you know, liking it or commenting or whatever. And you get this false sense of, wow, I'm just, I'm just helping everybody already, you know? And, uh, and then I noticed that how many were, were my friends, I, I, I noticed, and, and then I looked back up to the day before, and I had lost three friends. I don't know who they were, but I felt it, and I thought, why would anyone want to unfriend me? I'm an Emmy-winning pastor. <laughs> no, I, I made that, I made that up, remember? But I thought, this is ridiculous. And there are people that live in ebb and flow and, and rise and fall on friends and likes and following. It's just a, it's just a false sense of, of belonging. Listen, healthy, well-adjusted people are connected to other people in caring and sharing relationships. We are better together. Everybody say better together. And that is not a cliche for us. We don't have cliches here. We have things that we say a lot, but we say them because we mean them and because we value them. 
And one of the things we say is we are better together. You are better together. We're not wise. We're not safe to be alone. And we are built this way. We're wired this way to belong and to be a part of others. Can I get an amen? All of us have to have a place where there's love and serving and giving and learning and growing and laughing and working and playing and leading and discovering and and eating. And the Bible gives us beautiful metaphors, the, the family of God and God being our father, our heavenly father. And we're in the family of God. I'm glad to be in the family of God. I said, I'm glad to be in the family of God. And the Bible even says that God puts the solitary into family. He brings and he gathers and he draws people and he brings them into family. Then we have the powerful metaphor of the body of Christ. And and we see that in the New Testament, that, that you and I, as followers of Jesus, are a part of Jesus and he's a part of us. And we're a part of the body of Christ. We're a part of him. But guess what else? We're part of one another. We're members of one another. There's the law of mutual supply that we bless and we're blessed and we love and we love and we serve and we serve. And and all of that goes together again that we're better together. And throughout the New Testament, the mega theme is one another. It is important to God how we treat one another. And it is important that we are in right relationship with one another. And so that brings me to this point. And this is a great point right now to just give a shameless plug for small groups. Seriously, we have them because we believe in them and because we believe in what I'm sharing with you today that it's important that we belong. And one of the healthiest places that you can belong and grow and heal and, and, and so forth is in a small group. Now realize that there are circles and levels of other people in your lives. There are what are called acquaintances, acquaintances. So it's kind of, you kind of know them. Yeah, lean over to your wife. What's their last name again? You know, and you kind of, you kind of know you are acquainted with them. Some of them have even made your Christmas card list. That's a thing people used to do, Christmas card list. <laughs> then you have what are called companions or associates. These are people you work with, people you go to the gym with, you're on a team with them or something. Then you have your general friends, and that's usually a good number. I hope you have a lot of friends and some of those are with effort and some of those are with ease. But you have your general friends. And then you have close friends, close friends. They're, they're more few and far between. They're a little more precious to you. Um, there's just something about them, a the chemistry that helps you to be close with them. And um, uh, this is quality versus quantity. And these are fewer in number. And... and uh, Get this as well. Cows, cows have best friends. Cows, these guys are pals right here. They're buds. And studies show they've monitored their heart, their hormones, everything else. They've shown that cows actually get stressed when they get separated from their buddies. And so you're saying, cows have friends. I don't have friends. So let me take just a moment on that, okay? The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs that if you want to have friends, you have to show yourself friendly. I'm going to try that again. If you want to have friends, you must show yourself friendly. And so sometimes you give off things that people go, nah. You know, somebody tries to introduce you to some other people, and and sometimes just your body language, you're like, 
And what did you say to them? Don't. Nah. And then others of you, are, you're like, come on, new friend. And they run. I think there's something in between, you know. But then we show ourselves friendly. And um, again, shameless plug, you can meet some awesome friends in small groups. And then coming on down, then you have family. I, I, I hope you can have friends in your family. And, um, and then if you're married, your spouse. And among all the other things that a spouse is to you, look at me, listen to me, this, this is vital. Your, your spouse must always be your friend. You must always have the strength of friendship. And I want to say it just publicly, Alicia Gilligan, you are my best friend. Now, Jesus had the multitude, he had the 500, he had the 70, he had the 12, he had the three, and then he said, my father and I are one. And, if, and in that case, in our case too, the smaller the circle, the closer the distance. The smaller the circle, the more intimate things can be. The bigger the circle is, you can't, you can't be everything to everybody. I pray you have lots of friends. I pray you have truckloads of friends. You know, but then it comes on down. And we're designed that way. We only have so much capacity. So let me give this to you real quick here. Um, You can't be everybody's friend, but you can be friendly to everybody. Would you read that with me? You can't be everybody's friend, but you can be friendly to everybody. Don't you dare act like first grade and go, you are not my friend. I have three and you're not one of them. You know, don't, don't do that. We're all growing up, aren't we? The Bible says that God is kind even. He is kind even to the unthankful and the evil. God is kind. And relationships can bring our greatest, our greatest joy and they can also bring us our greatest stress. It's like a car. You know, a car... Uh, smooth riding, sailing along, got good music on, got the window down or the top off, whatever, and, and you just cruise along thinking, man, this is just awesome. What a sweet ride, and you're going along, and that can be a great joy. Or you can have a car that is, it, you know, unreliable, and it's overheating in the drive through and, and, you know, leaving you stranded somewhere, and you're like, ah, you know. And one of the problems with cars is also one of the problems with relationships, and it's this lack of maintenance. Lack of maintenance. And we must really, and if you've neglected something for a while, get back to it. Go back, and if they're, if they're really a friend, if there's really a relationship, say, you know what, I've got to do better at this. I have some great friends, what I call covenant friends, that are scattered across the country. And from time to time, I have to tell them, forgive me for not being a better friend. Forgive me for not staying in touch with you better. I've got a couple calls that are on my heart. Uh, as I prepared yesterday and today, I've got a couple calls that are on my heart that I need to make to some very, very dear friends. And what you do, you have to keep maintenance for those relationships. If you're understanding me, say amen this morning. So relationships require maintenance. The first broken relationship was actually Adam and Eve in the garden. They broke close fellowship with God through sin. What did God do about that? Ultimately, God is all about reconciliation. 
God is all about bringing it back together. What he intended at the beginning of the Bible, as we read, what he intended at the beginning and it got broken and messed up, the rest of the story is about God bringing that back to what he originally intended. And that is the story of the gospel. That's the story of, 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 of God's redemption for us. So there are so many principles, so many principles concerning relationship, maintenance, and so forth to share. I'm just going to share a couple. I, I mean, we could go for months, but I just want to share a couple that are up top. I believe the Lord would have us look at today. The first one is this, choose wisely. Choose wisely. Everybody say, choose wisely. And I won't ask you when you haven't chosen wisely. Look at Proverbs 12, verse 26. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Uh, and you know the story. You know in your own life, you know in your own life that you didn't take your time here and you, you didn't choose wisely and end up being led astray, which leads us to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Read it with me. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, I can be friendly to bad company, but I'm not going with bad company because then bad stuff's going to happen. I promise you. I promise you. I cannot tell you how many lives, how many stories I know of people who ended up where they should not have been because they were with who they should not have been with. And parents, look me in the eye. It is okay to know who your kids' friends are. I said, it is okay. Matter of fact, it is necessary that you know who your kids' friends are. Well, I don't want my mom and dad in my business. Well, you're just out of business right now, you know, and, and, and you're not in business yet. We want to help you get set up in business and for life to succeed. Amen. And look lastly on, in this portion, Proverbs 13, 20. Here's a promise and a warning. He who walks with wise men will be wise. That's the promise. Here's the warning. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. Why? Because destruction is always near a fool. It didn't say that you were a fool, but you end up acting like a fool or like I was, my mom would say, quit cutting the fool. You know, the companion of fools will be destroyed. Not that you are a fool, but you're with a fool and, and destruction is always near a fool. First Corinthians chapter seven, God has called us to live in peace. Read that one with me too. God has called us to live in peace. God has called us. Let's look at that word called there. God has called us. It's the Greek word kalo, kalo. It's spelled like kale with an O, okay? So kalo, and it actually means to summons by name. So God has called us. Everybody say called. God has called us. He has called us to peace. God has called us to peace. He has called us to peace. Are you with me? So he has summoned, summoned us. If you, re, if you receive a summons, you are required to show up somewhere. Try not doing it. And you will get a, arrested for failure to appear. God is summoning, summoning you to peace. I to, I've told you the stories before about playing as a little boy and my mom calling me. Usually it was for like bath or homework, something dumb like that, you know, and I'm playing, having fun. And she's calling, Timmy, 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 Timmy. <laughs> and my friends would go, you better go now. And so when I would go 
And I won't tell you the whole story and what all happened, but then when I get there, I can remember my mom getting in my face and she said, you listen to me. You look at me. Sometimes she grabbed my jaw, make, make me look at her. Look at me. And she said, when I call you, you come. Mom said that. I mean, you better talk about failure to appear. You will disappear. When I call you, you come. In the same way, God is calling us to peace. And he said, when I call you, you come. You find a way to get to peace. Find a way to get there. Well, I'm waiting on an apology. I didn't tell you to wait on an apology. I told you to get at peace. To find your way there. Well, I'm still fuming about it. I know. Get there. You need to get there. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me this morning? Now, listen to me. Peace flows out of relationship with God. Peace flows out of relationship with God. We've talked about this a lot. Look at this. First, you have peace with God. Peace with God. That means the sin that kept you apart from God, a holy God, is through the work of Jesus. Jesus takes it out of the way so that you could have peace with God. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. And so he takes that out of the way so we can have peace with God as a result of that. Because peace flows from this now. Now I can have peace with myself. And the conflict and the guilt and the shame and all the insecurity and all the things that are in us. Now because of peace with God, I can have peace with myself. And look at this. And once I have peace with myself, then I can have peace with others. James chapter 4 says this. It says, where do the fightings and wars come from among you with others? Does it not come from conflict within you? So when you can't get along with others, it's not always them. It's you. But peace flows from a relationship with God. And once I can get that peace with God... Then I can have peace with myself and within myself. And now I can answer the call of God that he's called me to be at peace with others. Amen. Look with me quickly in Romans chapter 12. It says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. This is all over the Bible, y'all. So let's break this down a little bit. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If it is possible, why is, it, why is that there? Because sometimes it's not possible. But if it is possible, get the next part, as much as depends on you, well, they're, they're being a hard head. They won't apologize. As much as depends on you. You just have to be able to say, I did my part. God keeps the books. God knows. But if it's possible, it might not be, but if it is, I'm at least going to be found to do my part to be, at, to be at peace with all people. Why? Because God has given us call to peace. And he said, when I call you, you come. Amen? Amen. Now, quickly, and like I said, there's so many keys, so many principles here. Here's another one I want to share with you this morning. Pace matters. Pace matters. It has been said that haste makes waste. Slow down in some things. Look with me quickly in Proverbs 19. 
said, good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. First, uh, First Corinthians tells us that, that love hardly even notices when something's done wrong to it. Then in Proverbs, uh, excuse me, James chapter 1. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Verse 20, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Look at it in the message paraphrase. Post this, excuse me, post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger uh, straggle along in the rear. God's righteousness does not grow from human anger. We're to be quick to listen, slow to speak. How many of you know that sometimes that's our problem? We're quick to speak. How many of you are lightning fast mind with comebacks? Come on, Olympic level lightning fast. Come on, come on. I am a champion, y'all, okay? And what you have to learn, oh, okay, you're saying that? Okay, well, this is what I'm... But then also my lightning fast mind remembers James chapter 1. To slow down and hush it. Proverbs tells us if you devise evil... In your heart, put your hand over your mouth, which is to say, don't say it. Don't say it. So many problems have come because of what you said. And you're so proud that you're so quick, but you're so quick to bring destruction. So be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, because anger does not produce what God wants. Anger produces a place where the devil can work. So we got to understand this, that anger is a secondary emotion. Really, when you get angry, when you get mad at folks, it's really not what's going on at that moment. There's other things going on in you that could be washed out by the river of God, peace with God, peace with self, peace with others. But when we get angry, it's a secondary emotion. When we're touchy, everybody say touchy. Have you ever been touchy before? Just kind of irritable. You know why that is? Do you know why it is? You're touchy because there's already some other pain there. There's already some other pain. You know, when I got hurt and was probably halfway through my recovery and everything, which, by the way, I'm doing really well. I'm very thankful to God. Amen. Um, I was in the grocery store. I like, I like going to the grocery store. It smells good. Uh, is a good diversion for me. And I get to choose the snacks. So... I'm at the grocery store, and I come around the, the end of one of the aisles, and I run into a young man that we've known for years and years, and he's kind of a big guy, and he's energetic. Okay, he's hyper, and sometimes when he sees me, he's like, Pastor Tim, and he'll pick me up, you know, and, and, and so he, he had not heard that I got injured and so forth, and I just had my second surgery on my hand, and I, I come around the corner, and I see him, and he goes, Pastor Tim, and I'm like, hey, buddy, and I stuck my hand, unaltered hand, Um, out and he like grabbed it and he's crushing it and he's coming in for the hug and I'm in the grocery store and I went don't touch me (laughs) and he just stopped I said I'm sorry I had to tell you you were coming in for pain (laughs) why was I so touchy why did I react because there was already pain let's guard ourselves Let's check ourselves. Listen, peace flows from a relationship with God. There's a river of peace that is life-giving and healing that flows from a relationship with God where I can have peace with God 
I can have peace with myself and within myself. And I can have peace with others. May that river of peace flow through me, through you. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Hey, let's do this. Let's do this real quick because I, I told you peace flows from a relationship with God. I want to give you an opportunity real quick to make sure or to begin a relationship with the Lord. Would you pray this prayer with me and then I'll pray over you and we'll be dismissed. Pray this prayer. Father God, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Jesus who loves me gave himself for me. Lord, I love you. I give myself to you. I ask you right now, come into my heart, come into my life, be my Savior, and be my Lord. And by the blood of Jesus, shed for me, forgive me right now of every sin, cleanse me from all unrighteousness, make me brand new, and set me free. And now fill me with your peace with your joy, with the Holy Spirit, and with the assurance, you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. I thank you for peace with you, peace with myself, peace with others. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Well, it's been a wonderful morning. Thank you for coming. Go walk in peace. Go walk in love. Go be light. Go make a difference. I love you. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.